Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's Jacqueline here. Today I'm going to talk about things I wish I knew when I was in bulimia, when I was going through it. This is because I think a lot obviously about bulimia and the people I'm trying to help and what I do is I try to put myself in your shoes out there and try to remember what I was going through and it's easy when you have a business when you're going off with life when you are continuing on your day to forget about things and to almost feel like oh it was easy but I remember a lot um, when I talk to people and think, oh yeah, it was really hard and I wish I had known this. And I sometimes I see people making the same mistakes I did, which is why I became a coach to help people to, to help their process be faster and maybe easier than mine was to help them see things that I didn't see or was unwilling to see, especially those of you guys out there that are um, you know, still in it right now or still struggling with bulimia. And for those of you guys that are, since a lot of you are that are listening to this, I see you, I hear you, I care about you and just know, you know, you can get through it. It's right now, it feels terrible, but years from now, you're going to look back on this and realize um, how close you actually were to recovery and to getting a life that has nothing to do with thinking about food, thinking about your body image all the time, bulimia and all that it encapsulates. But first, I'm going to talk about a few announcements. So if you'd like to skip ahead, um, I would say people like maybe skip ahead about three minutes max is what I ramble. So, but yeah, I just want to give you a fair warning. So first of all, I was a guest on um, Harriet Frew's podcast, The Eating Disorder Therapist, or The Eating Disorder Therapist podcast by Harriet Frew. Her podcast is really popular in the UK. And I was a guest on her podcast that came out on the weekend. So if you want to hear me talking about my own story, which I haven't done in a little while, you can go check that out. Um, it's quite a story episode. So she's asked me a lot of questions. Harriet's quite reflective. And we talk a lot about the causes of my eating disorder and um, some things that were actually brewing my eating disorder from an early age. So I, I thought that was interesting. It was kind of weird for me to reflect. I don't often talk about my younger years in bulimia. So if you want to go check that out, go see her podcast, definitely do that. Aside from that, if you're following me on Instagram or you signed up to my email list, first of all, why aren't you doing that? Because I post a lot of good content there and I send, I try to send people, I don't consistently always do it, but when I'm on a roll, I try to send people lots of thoughtful emails um, that are packed full of value. Like I just sent out one about avoiding foods and how it's not actually helpful for you. And it's brewing this idea that you are, the food is in control and all the things that go into that. But if you're on my email list or you're, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know that the group coaching program that I'm starting in October that goes till uh, January 
it's open. So you can enroll this entire month. Uh, space is limited. What I'll do is if I have uh, too many people sign up for the first group, then I will start a second group. But this is the enrollment time. I don't know. I can't say with certainty if I will open another group um, next month or the following. My one-to-one -one coaching is open. I do have some availability. So if you're interested in either of those, you've been considering working with me while you listen to the podcast all the time, you are putting your, these steps that I talk about here into practice, but you still kind of need that extra push. If you like the podcast, you like me, definitely check out both these opportunities. They're going to be a great way to take your recovery further. They're going to offer you a lot of support, a lot of insight, and we go in depth on how to change your habits, how to recover from bulimia, how to even begin to intuitively eat or eat without only like eating everything or nothing, all those sorts of things. And again, I've said this a million times, but what I love about coaching and group coaching is um, that it really helps you reflect and see what's going on. It helps you understand your blind spots. Um, whenever I get coached myself, I always come up with a new perspective. Even if I feel like, oh, I think I know the answer to this, just simply talking about something really helps it bring it to the surface and helps you understand it. Articulating your thoughts out loud is such a great way to fully comprehend what's going on, spark ideas and get you out of sticky situations. So even if you're not sure exactly, like you are interested in the group coaching, you've been like hearing me talk about coaching for a while. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you have. Go check out um, my group coaching and my website. There's going to be links to that there. You can also just go to the podcast description and there'll be a link to sign up for um, my group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay, so the first thing was honesty. Honesty is the best policy. And I have struggled with being honest for a long time in my life. I grew up in a household where it's not like they were always lying constantly, but white lies were the thing, people pleasing was the thing, and um, politeness was a concept, and not necessarily burdening people with all of your troubles was something that was more commonplace. Uh, so growing up, I just thought that was normal, and I think that, especially in particular, part of my family, uh, I had a lot of like my, my brother had a lot more issues than I did growing up. Therefore, I felt like I needed to put my problems on the back burner, maybe. And my parents never explicitly said that. And they, they probably felt like they were doing that, but they wouldn't want me to. But anyway, it just grew up in an environment where it felt like I should just shut up about my own problems and not talk about it and try to solve it on my own. And therefore it kind of grew into me, always people pleasing with people, always telling people what I thought they wanted to hear versus what I really thought. And I didn't really realize that that was damaging, not only to me, but to the person, because I was kind of not giving them the full picture. I wasn't letting that them have their own opinion of what's going on and therefore be able to help or make their own decisions clearly because they didn't have all the information, but it also made me burdened with all my secrets and all of my lies and everything that I was struggling with. I always thought it was on my, on my own shoulders. Every time I opened up though, every time I took risks in my bulimia recovery, it helped me. The crucial moments where I recovered or I would like, you know, take, took steps forward was when I was finally honest with my boyfriend about what was going on. And then even after I told him, I still kind of didn't tell him all the times when I was struggling. Sometimes I made it seem like, oh, I'm doing better when I really wasn't. But every time I opened up to him again and again after that, it brought me a little, like at least like an inch closer to 
um, the reality of that I wanted to recover and that I shouldn't just be letting this go, that I shouldn't just be letting this fall by the wayside and actually should ask people for support. Um, because when you're honest about your own recovery, it will actually help people in your life. Um, it will not only help you be understand what's really happening and therefore be able to try to fix it because you clearly know what's going on instead of lying to yourself about it, instead of trying to pretend like it's not there. You can also be honest with yourself and other people. You can be honest with the, those of you, those people in your life, if you feel comfortable, if you feel like you're safe with them, you trust them because they're going to be able to step in and give you support too. Now they don't, you don't, they don't owe you support, right? And you shouldn't expect someone when you tell them to, to suddenly drop everything, drop their own life and, and do everything for you so that you can recover. It has to be um, a two-way street, right? You can't put that on someone, but it would be nice if you had an open and clear communication with the people in your life. Therefore, they could maybe be there to help you when you were kind of struggling yourself. And I really wish I had known that. The, and again, when I finally opened up to my coach at the time about bulimia, that's when I finally actually stopped binge eating. Um, I started recovering for good. I, I was able to figure out the pause method. I was able to actually stop and interrupt my habit loop. And that's what really propelled me forward into actually stopping binging altogether and stopping my bulimia. And then I just had to go into figuring out how to, how to eat like a normal person and clear up some more emotional issues and get on with my life. But that was another, another moment of honesty, where if I hadn't have said anything, I hadn't have taken that vulnerable step. I hadn't have taken that risk. Who knows where I would have been? Maybe it would have been months, maybe it would have been years till I figured out how to recover. Um, if at all, who knows? And then another moment of honesty for me was when I opened up in my life about bulimia. Like I just told people, even though I was, I recovered, I put out the podcast and I told all my family and friends what had really been happening. And that was such a, that was maybe one of the hardest things I had to do, but it made my life just flourish. And I wish I had known how much that was, how much shame I was holding on to that I just released the, the when I stepped up and said, Hey, I'm struggling. And, and I did struggle. This is what has happened. Now I'm doing this. It just really helped me own my shit. And honesty really was the best policy from the beginning. And so as much as I can, of course, I don't tell you guys everything like my social security number, but I do try to be as honest as possible. Um, especially with the fact, uh, like what's going on with my life. If I'm not feeling something, I try to be open about it. If I'm struggling, I try to be open about it because I'm a real human being. And the more real I am, the interesting part is the more people tend to like me, the more fake and weird I am and stuff like that. And the more I try to give off this perfect image, like, Oh, I have everything figured out. People don't like that. They don't relate to it. But the more I'm just like, this is me, all my flaws and all, it helps me love myself and trust myself and respect my more and respect myself more and helps other people do the same. So if there's anything I could tell you about bulimia, try to be honest about where you're at with yourself and others. And I'm just kidding. I'm totally perfect in every single way. <laughs> um, so another thing, this is going to sound, you know, like more of a vague one, but I really wish I had looked harder um, and looked harder for help and resources. I think maybe it's because I just wasn't in the mindset to do so. Maybe I didn't really want to recover. I don't know. But when I think back to when I was struggling with bulimia, it wasn't all that long ago. It was like two plus years now, maybe approaching three. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head to look at the timeline, but it's been a little while, but not that long. So when I was struggling with bulimia, it wasn't like tons of things. The world hasn't 
drastically changed, although with COVID it has, but I think I looked mainly for a therapist. I checked out some online resources for a therapist. I read Brain Over Binge. Um, I occasionally would look up the word bulimia, but otherwise I really didn't look for a bunch of resources. I didn't even dare to look up bulimia on Instagram. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Maybe it wouldn't be the wealth of information that it is now, but there's a whole community of resources out there for bulimia recovery for eating disorders in general. Like almost anything you're struggling with, there's generally some sort of um, online environment where you can go to and other people are struggling, even if it hadn't been the best information. I think if I had just joined maybe one Facebook group, or I had, I would listen to one podcast where someone talked about bulimia. The only thing I did was listen to a few audiobooks. I listened to some other ones outside of brain never binge, but they're really just talking about, you know, they're, they were talking more about what the, what it was like being in an eating disorder instead of how to help brain over binge was like one of the only books that I thought really went into a step-by-step how to recover. But even then, as you know, from my review, there were things that were missing from it for me, but I don't think I looked hard enough for the amount of resources, the communities that are out there. I never tried to go to an OA meeting, Overeaters Anonymous meeting, which probably would have helped me um, quite a bit. I don't agree with everything in their philosophy, but I do certainly think just the community of people alone would have been so powerful for me in bulimia recovery. I could have needed that support the whole time I um, was in bulimia. I felt so alone. I felt I felt like I was crazy and I felt like I was the only one, even though I knew rationally that wasn't true. I I did. I felt like I am a hopeless piece of shit all the time. And that was so not the case. And if I had just come across one person who's also going to, I had one person I've talked to, I think that would have made the world of difference. And I mean, I had, you know, my partner talked to, I had other people I actually, you know, he was the only one that knew other than my roommate in college, which I, again, never talked to her about it. And I guess my best friend from kindergarten, she knew, but I never talked to her about it. And I never talked to these people about it because they didn't understand necessarily to the full extent what, what it was like to struggle with bulimia. Finding your people, finding a community, that's why I'm offering the group coaching, aside from the fact that I think coaching is so, so helpful, is being surrounded with a group of people is beyond powerful. And I really, really could have used that in bulimia recovery, but I didn't put the two and two together. Eventually after I recovered, I was trying to, again, be an entrepreneur and I started, and I was trying to just go out and hang out with people. So I started a meetup group for sketching and just alone being in a community of people that liked art was helpful. I put it together for that sort of subject. And when I wanted to really go into my own business, I was like, okay, I'll surround myself with women entrepreneurs. And I started another meetup group. Both those groups ended up like eventually fading out when COVID hit, but it was really cool because I put, I put it together that if you want to succeed in something, maybe you should surround yourself with people who have the same goal. And so I did that with bulimia. For some reason, I never, never realized that I needed to find a community. I needed to look for resources. I needed to look harder and deeper and they were there. I just didn't quite understand how to find them. So if you're out there struggling, I'd strongly suggest the bare minimum, you join some sort of Facebook group that has to do with um, 
that is like specialized for eating disorder recovery and just start there and just look at the post. I think that might make you feel just a little bit more comforted to know you're not the only one. There are actually other people out there struggling. And if you feel brave enough, maybe go to an overeaters anonymous meeting in person or something. And if you're feeling extra risky, actually join um, some sort of community. I mean, that's why I offer my community as well. Of course, it's my course and it's my business, but also I offer a Facebook community because I want people to communicate. I want them to know that they aren't the only ones. That would have helped me so much in believe me recovery. And it's why I offer it now. And it's just, I think back to that Jacqueline in the past who thought she was so long alone and thought she was crazy. And she really wasn't. And I think if she had just had one person in her corner that also was going through bulimia, she would have maybe felt a lot better and she would have worked through things a lot sooner. So that's one thing I wish is that I had looked harder for help and resources. And even more than that, that I had found some sort of community because they were out there. I just wasn't looking for it. I was only looking for like weight loss advice and entertainment. And so if I am thankfully, you know, the weight loss advice, finally I stumbled upon mindset and growth and coaching and all that sort of stuff. But outside of that, I wasn't really looking. And um, a side note on that is that I wish I had gotten help sooner, probably. The third thing that I wish I had maybe known, um, or at least thought of myself differently, was that I was not a wild animal. <laughs> and I say this jokingly, but it is quite true. The, the thoughts that I had about myself, the way I treated myself was as if I was some sort of wild animal that was randomly going to rip open bags of food at any time, even though that never, ever happened. It was always calculated when I binged. It was always when I was not around people. It was always um, precise. And I never just freaked out in front of every, anyone. But the way I treated myself, which was I had such little respect for myself and such little care and love towards myself. I really treated myself as if I was a rabid wild animal that needed to be caged and contained and um, beaten into submission or something like that. Of course, I would never treat any animal that way, but you get the analogy. Um, in bulimia, I was just so vicious with myself and um, so mean. And I always thought I needed to be controlled when really I needed to be trusted a little bit more. Maybe if I had given myself a little bit more responsibility when it came to food, maybe if I had just told myself, actually, I do love you. Actually, you do, you deserve respect and to be cared for. I might've started to um, try things and gain more confidence and ability. Just like the email I sent out um, on Monday about avoiding foods and how it's not helping you. It's actually building this lack of trust. The way I treated myself was like this animal that couldn't be trusted with anything. It wasn't capable enough to do anything. I really, those beliefs quite reinforce over and over again. So of course, whenever I encountered binge foods or I even tried to do anything, I immediately failed because I didn't believe in myself at all. And I didn't, didn't really give myself even the mere ounce of faith, you know, when it really sucks when people don't believe in you, you know, like you have a big idea or something and you, you tell your parents about it, or you tell your partner and your partner's like, okay, I hope that goes well. Yeah. Um, it'll be all right. You can feel their lack of belief in you and it's a blow to your confidence. And all of a sudden you feel a little shaken. You're like, what? I, I thought I'd do well. And maybe you keep on going, but you still have that air of doubt, which can plant, plant a really unhealthy seed and then have you look for flaws in your plan and look for flaws and what's going to go on and make you not believe in yourself, which can sabotage you. Now, imagine if that's yourself, which that was me. I didn't believe in myself for one second for a long time. I just thought with any chance I will binge. 
I cannot be trusted. I can't do anything. I'm not capable. And I am just this basically I'm next to a wild animal that can't do anything in her life. And I'm going to completely lose control at all times. So I might as well just never give them like try to avoid all all possibilities of binging and try to avoid myself for as long as possible, which never worked. It just, of course, was a self-fulfilling prophecy for which when I ever did come home and I was alone, I would binge. Whenever I did have food around, I would binge. Whenever I had even one, when even one little tiny thing went wrong, I would use that as an opportunity to basically cut myself with a knife metaphorically with like words, you know, I'm just like, I use it as opportunity to beat myself up, say the meanest, cruelest things to myself over the smallest little things, like forgetting to take out the trash or something like that. It was awful, but I really should have seen that I was just a human being. I was just a human being who had flaws and that was learning and was getting through things. If I gave gave myself one ounce of respect or trust, it would have helped me out a lot more. Now, the fourth thing was that I should have really realized that it was bulimia, not murder. The way I also beat myself up for the fact that I was bulimic was as if I was this, I, I don't know, like one of those people you see on, on TMZ, is it called? Or like one of those reality TV shows where I'm just this hoarder who has mounds of um, like insects in their house that they're hoarding for some reason, like some weird collection. Like I was a serial killer or something. I'd really acted as though bulimia was this huge, deep, dark, shameful secret that um, if people had found out, they would have gasped in shock and they would have thought I was a disgusting person and I was a horrible person. I don't know why I thought this because when I think of people I know that are bulimic now, it's it's, it is what it is. It's, you know, there's binging and purging, there's eating food and throwing it up, but I get why they do it. I know that they're not crazy. I know that bulimia serves a lot of purposes in their lives and it's created from all these things. It's not this shameful, dark secret. It's not like you're murdering someone. It's not like you're kicking puppies and um, ripping candy out of kids' hands. You're just doing something as a coping mechanism, as maybe a response from restriction, as a habit, a really divisive, addictive habit. Those are the things that are going on. But I, the way I acted about bulimia made it so much harder for me to think clearly about it. The second that I, or really when I started to look at bulimia as a habit, as a neutral thing, as just as no different than someone who's binge drinking on the weekends or something, someone who's using alcohol. Well, it's not good. It's not the best coping strategy in the world. I think we'd all agree. It's not murderous. It's not this huge ethical dilemma. It just isn't great for you. And when I changed that switch, I, when I made that switch, I dropped the shame and that made me able to actually look at things more clearly and start to figure out how to actually break the habit and not to have this whole depressive state after a binge and purge, which allowed me to move on rather quickly. And it didn't, you know, what I thought, um, I thought if I dropped the shame that I would just make believe me okay, but it didn't. I still wanted to get rid of it. I just could be a little bit more rational about it. And I didn't have to sit in this deep shame, depression, dark circle that had no validity to it. Bulimia is just bulimia. It's not this murderous activity. It's not this shameful, disgusting, deep, dark secret. I think people think uh, bulimia is a lot of times people have this concept that bulimia is disgusting because there's like eating a bunch of food and um, purging and uh, all that sort of stuff. And that it's gluttonous. But I'd like you to think about how you, how you think of people that go to parties and drink a lot of alcohol. You don't necessarily think that they're 
disgusting and gluttonous or wasteful. You just think that they're out for a good time, whether that's good or bad. I, I have my thoughts about alcohol, but I keep them to myself right now. Like people go out, use a bunch of alcohol and no one bats an eye in our society. They think, oh, you're just partying, having a good time, whatever, haha. But when suddenly it's food, you have all these weird thoughts about it. Like this is shameful, disgusting thing. A lot of people use food for enjoyment and a lot of people also um, use alcohol for that too. They're not necessarily good or bad. They have, they both have their cons and I'm not trying to say that bulimia is okay, but I'm also telling you right now, bulimia isn't this horrible thing that you need to feel shame and disgust and guilt and gluttony for just treat it for what it is. It's just this coping strategy. It's just this response to something. It's just a habit. Start looking at it as neutrally as you possibly can. And you'll start to, tr to find answers that you weren't able to see before because you're not thinking through this shame and guilt, emotionally clouded lens. It is what it is. It's just a circumstance. And this brings me into my fifth one, which is you need to clean up your mindset before you clean up your diet. Um, and I, I want to be careful when I say that this is the, the fifth thing that I think I, I wish I had known. Um, I was always looking for weight loss advice when I was struggling with bulimia. I was always like, if I could just lose weight, that would solve a lot of my problems. If I could just learn how to eat like a normal person and maintain the size that I so desperately want to maintain, then the bulimia will go away when it wasn't actually that at all. My bulimia was, com did come from technically, um, a really restrictive diet for sure. So nutrition was a problem, but then there were also these things, like there were a bunch of stuff coming, going on in my head that was causing me to binge and purge. That wasn't even food related at all. So there are food problems that come with bulimia. Like if you're eating a whole bunch, if you're eating tons of like sugar all the time, then wondering why you crave sugar constantly. Yeah. That's more of a food issue. But what I mean by cleaning up your mindset before your diet is I treated myself horribly. And there was no way, even if I had figured out how to stop binging and purging, that I was in a healthy frame of mind. And so really trying to get better about how I thought about myself, trying to change my mindset, trying to be nicer to myself, learning how to respect and love myself were some of the best things I did. And I needed to learn how to do that before I even try to change my habits with food to change that around. Because if I hadn't, I would have just been stuck with still feeling miserable, but I wasn't binging and purging anymore, which probably would have just sent me back into binging and purging. But even for me, I really focused on changing my mindset before I even cleaned up my diet. And of course, your diet impacts your mood. I'm not trying to say that uh, if you just eat cupcakes and ice cream all the time and fried uh, French fries, you're going to feel a-okay. Your mood's totally going to be great. No, of course, there are dietary things you can do. There's physical things you can do. Exercise and a healthy diet are really important for your mental health, of course. But even if I had started, if I was eating healthier and exercising more, which I was exercising a lot during all, most of my bulimia life. And I was eating vegetables still, um, and like whole foods. It wasn't like I had a completely shit diet. Um, I was still thinking horrible thoughts about myself all the time. I really needed to realize that the thoughts I was thinking was heavily impacting my mindset. And then I actually had a choice in what I was thinking. I didn't have to continue thinking these things. And if I continued letting my mind just run astray, then nothing was going to change. So uh, doing the work of changing your mindset work first, 
doing the, doing the work of building a healthy self-respect and love for yourself was beyond imperative for helping me recover from bulimia. And I did that before I even found out that like bulimia was a habit before I even really put the two and two together that, Hey, this is a habitual thing that I do. I feel a lot better, but I'm still doing this out of this compulsive urge. How do I stop that? So changing your mindset before your diet could be a really, really helpful thing to do, but don't just completely neglect your diet either. And weight loss maybe the main topic of this weight loss will not solve bulimia. It won't. If you get to the perfect weight, I guarantee you, or I place a firm bet that your bulimia will not be entirely solved. And you probably will be using bulimia a lot to maybe maintain that way if you can even manage that. So weight loss advice is not a solution to bulimia recovery. The sixth thing and probably most important thing is I wish I had realized that I did actually have a choice in the matter. I had a choice with what I was thinking. I had a choice with controlling my thoughts instead of just believing everything my mind fed me. I had a choice in the actions that I made. I had a choice not to binge always. And I didn't ever take full responsibility for that. I didn't ever realize that actually I have the power and I'm just giving away my power. I always kind of believed, which depressed me even more, was that I had no control and I was destined to just repeat the cycle over and over again. And I might as well just not be here because this is awful if this is my existence. That's really what I believed. Um, if I had just realized that actually I do have control and I can change and I have the power to change, and it's, it's a lot of it's within me, um, of course, there are other aspects changing up your diet, all these sorts of things. But if I had known that at the end of it, there was the responsibility piece in me, at, even when I felt like the urge was unbearable, that even when I had an urge, it felt like it was the worst possible thing and would never go away. I still did have a choice in that matter. I did not have to. It wasn't this compulsive thing that took over me that I was still me. I was still Jacqueline. I think that would have made a world of difference. I never believed that until it actually happened. It's really hard to believe that when you're in it, but I guarantee you that you do. And the alternative is that you have no choice, which is horrible. And that left me feeling horrendously depressed. I thought that there was not possible for me to change, that there was no choice in what I thought, that I just was destined to be this depressed person who always binged whenever she wanted to and all this sort of stuff. But once I started looking for evidence to realize when I did actually make choices, how the binging was happening, how I was actually justifying in my mind and how the thoughts that led me to binge, where I was actually making choices, even if they weren't the choices that I loved, that made a world of difference for me. And that really changed how I look at bulimia. And that really helped me take control and feel empowered, really. I know people get um, quite... Uh, annoyed or heated when I say the word choice. It's, it's, a, it's a debated topic. Um, I, I had someone comment on my Instagram saying like this supports choice theory or whatever, but the alternative really is that you have no absolute choices. And that's that I do never want to be in that situation. We always have choices in this world, whether sometimes they're not the choices that we want, now, I'll say that. I mean, you know, it depends on like, think of where you are in the world. A lot of people have very limited choices right now. But something you always get a choice at is what you want to think. How, what you want to think, even when your brain is offering you all the awful things that it can possibly think of in the world, your brain is offering you that, you still have a choice with what you want to think next, what you want to decide in your brain, what you want to think on purpose. When I really realized after following many people and hearing them all talk about this, 
when I finally grasp the concept that I am in control of my thoughts and I can change my thoughts and I can think whatever I want to think and no one can take that away from me, change the game for me and believe me recovery. And it changed my life and it has, it's what's gotten me here. And I think about that every, every day, it feels still like a superpower. So um, if there's anything, I think the most important thing that I needed to really grasp and believe me recovery that I didn't was that I did have a choice I did have responsibility for my actions and that was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was actually a really important, crucial thing that would change my life forever. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you guys have a great and wonderful weekend. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.